to America's Web Radio. Today I have in studio with me David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Our thoughts and prayers are going out to everyone who has been affected by the most recent hurricane. And it's because of this hurricane that we were reminded of some of the lessons that we have learned from national disasters in the past. I thought it was an important time, maybe too late for some, unfortunately, but important for others that you think about how you are going to manage your disease of addiction or your mental health illness or your chronic pain condition or other health problems in the time of a disaster, whether that's a personal disaster like a household fire or flood, or whether that's a national disaster like a hurricane, a tornado, a um, earthquake, some type of overwhelming disaster that affects not just you personally, but often your health care providers and your provider network. There are a number of things that we can talk about, and I thought that that was an important topic for all of us to discuss and to think about and to send out our prayers and our hopes that people who are suffering right now will find some quick answers. The first thing before we get into the topic, and we're going to do this throughout the uh, broadcast today, that is to give you a couple of important phone numbers and a website that you can go to if you are having issues with either mental health or with addiction. And please think about having paper and pencil available throughout the show to take these um, this information down. The first is SAMHSA.gov. That's S-A-M-H-S-I dot gov, G-O-V, backslash find slash help. So that's samsa.gov slash find help. A suicide prevention line is 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K or 8255. 1-800-273-TALK or the National SAMHSA Helpline, which is 1-800-662-HELP 1-800-662-4357 These are very good national resources and as we go through Um, Our discussion today, I think it will become increasingly important for you to know and have these numbers available for yourselves or your friends or family in case they find themselves in a difficult situation because there are many things that we have learned out of some of the disasters, and one of them is that the SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration, has become much more active in providing nationwide resources for people that have been displaced or affected by a disaster. So, uh, a tough topic, and again, really our hearts go out to the folks that are suffering and continuing to suffer. This is um, a, a truly horrific situation that I don't think any of us anticipated how bad it was going to be. Right. I Every time I see anything on the news, um over the last couple of days, I've thought, oh, my goodness, how, how would somebody in recovery 
handle this and and you know i'd like to think that that people um will get together and and you know form little groups and and find each other like like in so many times where you know if you're on a cruise ship or you're in an airport or whatever Mm -hmm. um you can always ask for help and but we're so dependent upon all of our devices and all of our um electronics which right now a lot of people are having trouble you know accessing right that a lot of people are pretty much just without ways of of coping and that's that's another really important thing is that a lot of times as you say people are linking up via facebook or emails or texts or twitter or instagram and that may not be their option right now Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a really difficult um situation to find yourself in I think also now that there's there's so many people that are beginning to um, be in the shelters and be in the in the um, stadium there um, that there are mental health counselors and there are, and SAMHSA actually has has counselors there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if by any chance they're hearing this message or they're just getting this out there, just um, the old classic of I need to find a meeting of Bill W., friends of Bill W., I just need to find somebody to talk to, because what we know in terms of coping skills is is the the first one that, that really people can grab hold of that works mm-hmm. is just to talk. Mm-hmm. To begin to share how you're feeling, how you're coping, and just to get it out of your head, because the idea of medicating these feelings is definitely there, whether you're acknowledging it to yourself or not. Well, and I think that's why AANA CA any of the twelve step programs, um, we're we're pretty much taught from the time we walk through the doors that, you know, all it takes is uh, two addicts and a pot of coffee, <laughs> and you got a and meeting. You got a meeting, <laughs> um, which which in times of trouble is a really healthy thing right. and a helpful thing. Um, you know, you don't have to rely on a on a organized treatment uh, center or you know whatever you can you can still get help just the good old-fashioned way just talking just talking i had this discussion with a patient very recently about why does talking work why do i have to talk to about my feelings how is that helpful at all nobody's giving me suggestions i've I'm in the same circumstance when I walk in the room as when I walk out of the room. Nothing has changed. So how how do you think that's going to help me? And what I had to explain to her is that from a neurological standpoint, it really does make a difference. The disease of addiction and our panic burglar alarm system are in the same part of our brain, the deep center of our brain that is not really under our conscious control. And if we leave it there, it will spin and spin and spin, gather more more momentum, more energy, more strength, more power, and it will win. The anxiety will get out of control. The cravings, the desire to use will get out of control. If you can label those feelings, 
And I know many of our folks don't want to talk about feelings, but labeling feelings is really important, not to put a happy face on them or pretend like they're not there or not acknowledge them, but to literally say, I am very scared, I'm angry, I feel frustrated, I feel lonely, I am overwhelmed. That moves, literally moves it from that primitive part of our brain to our limbic system, our earmuff part of our brain, where our language and our memory and our emotions sit. We've labeled the feeling, and now it's moved out of that dark, primitive, spinny place that only makes things worse to another region of our brain. When it moves into the limbic system, there are now pathways that will take those thoughts and feelings to the front of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, which is the part of our brain that problem solves, makes decisions, weighs and balances options, brings in the ability to ask for help, contain impulses and to make good choices so literally the process of just say stating out loud to another person to yourself to your higher power to your journal that moves it physiologically in your brain to a problem solving place instead of leaving it in a problem making part of your brain And it is critically important. It does help you feel better. Not only does it help you feel better, but you're much more likely to make a good choice and you're much more likely to be able to ask for help and contain those impulses to do something that might be temporarily relieving, but in the long run causing you significant difficulties. And anyone that's done that has experienced exactly what you've Mm -hmm. said. You know, where you you name it, you could you you can sit with it for an hour and just drive yourself crazy mm-hmm. or you can talk to somebody or bring it out in the open and all of a sudden there's there's several solutions coming to mm-hmm. mind and thinking back of, well, I had a similar situation that I did this or you know and and being able to um, kind of get rid of it. Exactly. Well and and in particular, in situations like we're dealing with, where there's so much um, um, crisis and stress going on, being reminded that that is a coping skill that is amazingly effective um, helps them also remember that they've survived many of these. In watching um, the news the other night, they were showing the the troop of um, of rescuers going over from Louisiana, and now I'm blank on their name. Their army, navy. Um, but there, it's a group that formed after Katrina that went out and helped rescue lots and lots of people, and and they had a lot of people come from Houston that helped them out after the Katrina um, um, disaster, and now they're going back in, over and they're helping to rescue and 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 help people in the, in Houston, um, and so in the same sense that that sense of I can get in there and I can help and I can be contributing to, to the solution happens in that area um, this, the same thing happens for recovery when people allow themselves to, to get out of that isolation and be with others mm-hmm. self care is the other thing that's really important and very hard to do in times of, of trouble and stress when you've been displaced but eating, sleeping um, 
taking care of yourself physically, some exercise if you can do that, all of those things that help keep your system more regulated, and by that I mean your physical body, you're going to feel better. You're going to cope with stress better. The old halt, Mm -hmm. hungry, angry, lonely, tired, um, that little saying that um, is part of recovery for many people is really true. And it's true whether you have the disease of addiction or whether you don't. In a time of stress, making sure that you've done the good self-care as best you can is really going to be your best way of managing some of the stress that you're going to feel. Certainly, because one of the lessons that they learned from Katrina was that many of these people who are jumping in there and being and first responders and being very helpful um, are finding after the fact that they're turning to substances to, to manage the stress that they lived through and to manage the memories and all of the sights that they saw that were so traumatic at the time. And they're finding themselves with addiction issues that they never had before as a result of all this mm-hmm. stress. And so recognizing that even though you're there helping out you've still got to get support and you've still got to unload these feelings in some healthy way and you still have to take care of yourself you still have to um, take care of yourself physically you still need to rest you still need to um, find food and water and nourishment for yourself you can't help others if you yourself have run yourself into the ground and you're weak and you're hungry and you're tired and you're lonely and you're angry and wet and wet on and top wet. of all that ah uh, ah uh, so painful when we come back we're going to talk about some other more potentially practical ways of managing your addiction and your psychiatric disorders doing during a time of crisis please stay tuned the disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp what should be the course of treatment who is the best person to render treatment and what is the best place to go for the care that is needed we know that you want answers to these and many more questions Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. 
So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. This is America's Web Radio. And with me today are Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. We're talking about how to manage the disease of addiction and any psychiatric disorder that you might have during a time of disaster. As promised, there are a couple of websites that can be extremely helpful to you and some phone numbers. If you go to SAMHSA, S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov, you'll find all sorts of resources and uh, help. The Red Cross also has additional resources for things like food and uh, places to live, those kinds of things. The Disaster Distress Hotline number is 1-800-985-5990. That's 1-800-95, excuse me, 1-800-985-5990. That's the SAMHSA distress um, hotline that can help you um, deal with this to get connected to the nearest crisis center for support, help, and counseling. There's also a veterans crisis line, and we can't forget those that have served us um, and given many, uh, many things in their life and, and, and their time, their effort. They often are triggered with um, memories of other disasters they've lived through. And the Veterans Crisis Line is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. This will connect veterans in crisis and their families with qualified um, Department of Veterans Affairs responders. This is a confidential toll-free hotline. They can use it as an online chat or as a text if, um, if the phone is not available. The wonderful thing about all of these services is not only do they have uh, phone numbers available for the hearing impaired, they also have language lines. And so if English is not your primary first language or your most comfortable language, they have the ability to communicate in whatever language you need them to, and that's another advantage when you're trying to get directions or trying to get access to help. If people don't speak your language, it can be very um, unproductive at the very least. So but, and, and SAMHSA also has a text line, so if you text Talk with us, T A L K W I T H U S to six six seven four six. You can you can have some support through texting, which I think is great because anybody under under twenty five doesn't know how to talk on a telephone, and if they're feeling stressed out and worried, they definitely don't know how to make a phone call. But they can text um, um, in rapid motion. <laughs> so. Reaching out to them, um, talk with us to the text number six six seven four six is a, is an option. 
We'll repeat some of these numbers and websites. I know the Coast Guard also has um, a helpline, and they're offering to be able to get messages out to people or to try and communicate between people who are caught in the disaster. Because that's one of the other difficulties is often people are separated from their loved ones or their support network, and they don't know where they are or if they're okay. Right. So there are a number of things that are set up, and as we go through the show today, we'll try and provide you with these numbers. Um, these will also be posted on the Atlanta Healing Center website. That's www.atlantahealingcenter.com. If you um, miss some of the details or I speak too fast or I screw up the numbers, which sometimes I do. So before our break, we were talking about the importance of talking to somebody, reaching out, taking care of your own self-care as much as you can. But there are some other practical things that we need to talk about, and one of them is for anybody who is taking any kind of medication. This gets complicated but it is very important that you think about these things. If there is warning coming to your area that there's going to be bad weather, and I think sometimes about what happens here in Atlanta with ice storms, we, we know that sometimes the city can be shut down for five or six, seven days or more. So it's not just a major disaster. It's not just in a time that you might be evacuated. But if there is a time that it looks like there might be a semi-predictable mass power outage or other kind of difficulty, then one of the things that you should do is to take stock of your medications. Make sure that you have a list of all of your medications, all of the doctors who prescribe them, and all of the pharmacy numbers. Now, one way that you can think about doing this is obviously to keep that in your wallet or your purse, but another way is to send yourself an email with all of this information, with phone numbers, addresses, doses, all of these kinds of things, so that wherever you are, if you can access email, you then can access all of this information. One of the lessons learned in Katrina was that many people were stuck without enough medication. Many folks have enough for a day or two, but when you're going on weeks to months without, you can't find your doctor, your doctor's office has just been flooded away, Uh, your doctor may have been uh, relocated to another area of service, you maybe have have been relocated, and now trying to trace back and verify medications and doses and pharmacies that prescribed. If you get your medications at a national pharmacy, one of the the big chains like Walgreens or Walmart, these are uh, a lot of this information is in their computer system, and then it's much easier to be able to track your medications and to verify your doctors and that you did take this dose of whatever medicine. That is really important that you think about, do I have enough? Do I need to call before the evacuation order has been given and get another refill? Do I need to ask my pharmacy to give me an extra week's refill and get that verified through my doctor? Often your insurance company is not going to pay for that because it's um, it's a refill ahead of time. But um, 
sometimes you can work that out with your pharmacist. You may have to pay out of pocket, but better to have that important blood pressure medicine or cardiac meds or meds for your asthma than to be stuck without them. Another good thing to do is um, with your phone, take a picture of the of the actual pill bottle with the with the dosage script, the name of it, everything that the is right there, so that maybe you know that can solve some problems if you can go to a healthcare provider and say this is what you know normally I take, and here's a picture of the bottle that I had in my house when it was flooded or whatever. Right. The real benefit of that is, uh, the other real benefit is that not only does it say the medicine, but it usually will have your name and your date of birth exactly. and, the, and the prescribing doctor's um, identification number on there. So you have all the evidence you need that this really is your medication and, and you do need to have it. I, and, and so many times nowadays, um, those photos are in the cloud too, you know, so that you can um, access. Get, to them through a different device other than your phone. I think in particular of, of addicted patients in recovery that are on medicated-assisted recovery um, because for most of those um, medications, the, the amount that they're allowed to get is so tightly controlled. Uh, if they're on methadone, for example, they're on um, you have to show up every day to get your medication. Yes. So so if you know there's bad weather coming, hopefully your clinic is already being proactive about how to manage this, but you've got some things you got to get figured out really, really quickly. And that is one of the actions that SAMHSA and CSAT, which is the Center um, for Substance Abuse Treatment, which is a subdivision of SAMHSA, CSAT, um, they have now taken action to try and get all of the opiate treatment uh, programs, the methadone programs, to register the patients in a national database so that you are listed, the amount of methadone that you take is listed, your provider all of the information that if you have to go and be a, quote, guest, end quote, at another treatment center because you your place has been flooded or you have been evacuated, they can verify that because this was a huge, huge problem in uh, New Orleans during um, Katrina. And having spoken with many doctors their offices were completely flooded. And even if they had electronic medical records, they couldn't access them because their backup records were also flooded and there was no power. And patients had no way of, um, of being able to access their medication, get to their doctor, talk to the pharmacy, get to their methadone treatment center. And they were often evacuated and taken to a, another city without the ability to be able to prove what they needed, and they had to go into withdrawal before the new treatment centers could take any action. So it was um, a complete mess and provided uh, no end of complications, pain, suffering, anxiety for people that have already been traumatized. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. Yes. And so pretty much in Minnesota from the months of October through April, there was always the issue of a snowstorm. Um, and, and so I remember 
every winter that we would have a, a emergency pack in the trunk in the trunk of the car that would have blankets and have um, candles and um, th- everything you need to be surviving in the winter in your car for 24 hours and one of the things that that was always recommended was if you had important identification or things to have that in a Ziploc bag um, the good old fashioned method not relying on, on electronics at all but to have the data you need in a plastic bag there Ziploc so it's protected from the elements um, um, so you have access to the information if there's no electronic access to it. Exactly. And also put your phones in a plastic bag. And if you have external chargers, the ones, the batteries, the external batteries, keep those so that they are protected from, from the elements. That's another really important thing. Also, again, taking pictures of your identification cards, your insurance card, your driver's license, your medication cards, your passport, all of these things. I like the idea of taking a picture and emailing it to yourself. That's That way, if you lose your phone, if you can't access it, you can get on your email from another site and have all of those documents able to be printed out or sent to somebody else. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about more important practical advice on how to manage your addiction and mental illness during a disaster. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is America's Web Radio. David Donaldson and Michael Daly and myself have been talking about how to manage your addiction and your mental illness during a disaster. And again, our hearts and prayers go out to all of the people who are suffering, not just here in the United States, but it's my understanding there's a a terrible event happening over in Southeast Asia. Yes. um, This morning on the news I saw where um, 1,200 people have died and it's um it's in india and bangladesh yeah and another country right so all around the world none of us are safe um whether it's a fire in our home or whether it's a uh, a nationwide disaster we need to be thinking about these things we talk about our patient with our patients about the importance of being able to know what to do in a crisis. We talk about that, and and we mentioned it a couple of shows ago, about how to manage pain in a crisis and what kinds of things that you need to do and think about in order to get good pain relief and protect your recovery. This situation um, is another one of those you you need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So there are... Again, a number of um, things that have come out. Unfortunately, uh, if there's something that good can come out of a, a terrible situation like Katrina, and one of that was one of those things was a relaxing of some of the federal guidelines and some of the legal stipulations around having health care providers. First of all, being able to come to another state and provide assistance and emergency treatment or to accept patients that have been displaced because of evacuation or other problems um, to be able to expand the list of patients that you can treat and to be able to enroll patients even in a crisis where you may not have access to your electronic medical record or you may not have the ability to keep all of the data that is required. And for opiate treatment centers, for medication-assisted recovery, the documentation is extremely rigorous, and it's not a question of when will the DEA come, or uh, will the DEA come, it's a question of when will the DEA come to review your records and charts. During this time, though in in the situation where you may have to expand your treatment services to to other people and to include even above your allowed number for example I'm allowed to treat a hundred patients with buprenorphine products for opioid dependence but in the case of a crisis that number can be expanded 
I have a license in the state of Georgia. I've been licensed in other states. I could probably get those reactivated. But if I were to go be called to Texas or go to Texas to help provide treatment, they allow some reciprocal um, consent for me to be able to do that. So SAMHSA and um, and the DEA and the um, FDA are allowing medications to be mobilized to some of these locations. They're allowing some, not a lot, but some relaxing of the regulations to allow people's needs to be met. And and that's a really good thing because right now with the crisis, um, with the opiate epidemic that we have, um, so many, you you just know that right, right now in Houston, the number of, of people that are going to be uh, suffering from from withdrawal is going to be enormous. But and, and I think that it's in particular that family members be aware of what medicated assisted recovery is doing for somebody. Um, um, because if somebody for, is on opiates, for example, and and they've gotten onto methadone or they've gotten on a buprenorphine product, that that medication is stopping the withdrawal process and keeping them in a in a level where they're able to function with life and they're able to get on with with being active productive members of society so family members if they're doing really pretty well might forget that they're doing so well because they have this medication in their system and and so if there's a situation where they're not able to get to this medication and they um <clears throat> begin having signs of withdrawal where they, they start having some yawns or their runny eyes or, or aches and pains, family members are likely to really overreact, to go into a panic, um, to accuse the person of already having relapsed when in reality what's going on is the medication that was helping them stay clean is is gone. gone and they're going back into the withdrawal process. And I also think about with alcohol or benzodiazepine, mm-hmm. if you've been drinking on a regular basis, whether right. or not you've entered recovery, and suddenly you don't have any access to alcohol, there's a high likelihood you're going to go into withdrawal from that. And one of the, the big risks with alcohol withdrawal is a seizure. And so people who are on medication for helping come off of alcohol if they're on a benzo if they're or if they're on um, um, gabapentin and suddenly that stops their risk of seizure still exists and and people need to be aware of that and it's important for people who don't have the disease of addiction who may be taking a sleep medicine the z drugs as we call them uh, like the, the ambien the lunestia uh, Zolpidem. These are the medications that also can have a withdrawal and a risk of seizures. People who are taking benzodiazepines for anxiety, for muscle relaxation, for other kinds of medical reasons that don't have the disease of addiction, but if they've been taking them daily for more than three weeks, they are physiologically dependent. And if those medicines are stopped suddenly, there will be a withdrawal that looks just like coming off alcohol. And just like coming off alcohol, it is extremely dangerous. And you can have seizures, and you can even die from that kind of withdrawal. So everyone listening to this show, if you're on any of those medications, whether it's for treatment of 
an anxiety disorder, whether you're using them because you have the disease of addiction and you're active in your addiction, you can't just stop those medicines. So provisions need to be thought about. Pain patients who are taking opioid medications for their pain management are also going to go into withdrawal that looks just like heroin withdrawal if they don't have their medications. And and that's where a lot of these numbers that we're talking about are going to come in very handy for people in calling to to get to the right person to help you with that before that happens. Right. Because, because you, Go ahead. You may not be able to access a pain management program. They may not be willing to take you. You may actually have to go to an opioid treatment program, a methadone program, or a buprenorphine program. Even though that's you don't have addiction, you are in acute withdrawal, and the people who can help you manage that, you can access through the SAMHSA Website. Well, and one of the articles that I was uh, reading before today's show uh, said something about the fact that even if you were an active addict using street drugs, when you when you talk to a, a professional that's licensed to um, administer buprenorphine or um, methadone, methadone um, they can start you on that so that you won't go into withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Um, They might have to wait until you are in withdrawal before they can help you with it, but they are able to do that without getting in trouble, which is a big change, I think. And you're able to do that without you having to make a commitment that you're going to be in recovery. Exactly. It's it's just important for, for people to recognize that a lot of the symptoms that they may have and that there are Resources. So pain management patients that run out of medication, patients who ha- are still active in their disease and using drugs off the street or from multiple doctors, or patients who are in medication-assisted recovery are all going to re- need some of these numbers. So let me give those to you again. Go to samsa.gov, S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov, you can find help. You can find treatment. Just go to their main webpage, and you'll see access to suicide prevention lines, mental health crisis lines, uh, finding a buprenorphine or a methadone treatment provider location, disaster distress lines, um, and veterans crisis lines. They're all contained on that one webpage, but very important, the National Help phone line is 1-800-662-HELP. 1-800-662-HELP. Important things to know about and important things to remember, whether you have the disease of addiction or not. The same kind of issue can happen for folks who are taking antidepressant medications. Antidepressant medications, many of them, not all, but many of them also have a withdrawal syndrome. And people can become quite ill if they're stopped suddenly. And that's above and beyond the fact that they may be risking a return to severe depression or psychosis or other kinds of problems. So if you are taking behavioral health medications, if you're taking an antipsychotic, a mood stabilizer, an antidepressant, you need to follow the same kinds of precautions. 
copies of your medications, copies of your doctor's uh, name, phone numbers, pharmacy, and that you need to make sure that you've got ample supply of these medications. And if not, then you need to reach out to the SAMHSA helpline to make sure that you can get access to these medicines as well because they also contain a lot of, um, or not having them, will set you up for a lot of difficulty. Well, and I would go so far as to say loved ones who are concerned about whether they're crossing the enabling line or not, if they if they have this information already put aside in a plastic bag or on the line or on the net, um, this is probably not a time to get wrapped up in. Am I going to be enabling if I do this? Um, the guideline I always give is to, when you do something for somebody that they can and should do for themselves, you're enabling. Um, when we're in a crisis, we're not in that situation. Exactly. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, some final words about how to deal with things in the aftermath of a disaster. So please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and thank you so much for listening. David Donaldson and Michael Daly are here with me today, and we're talking about managing your addiction and your mental illness during a disaster. So we've talked about some ways in which you need to be careful to guard your recovery and to reach out and ask for help if you're having cravings, if you're having suicidal thoughts, if you need some help. 
Uh, we've talked about ways in which to prepare and make sure that vital information about medications and doctors and providers has been stored somewhere where you can access that and ways in which you can access some help. But I think um, in the last few minutes, uh, one of the difficulties that we learned also in the aftermath of 9-11 and Katrina is the fact that as you get through the initial crisis, that's one thing. But in the days and weeks and months afterwards, often the long-term effects psychologically are pretty severe. And for many people, this includes symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. This includes a recurrence or a new onset of depression. For some people, it may be the new onset of an addictive disorder. And David, you kind of mentioned that a little bit when you were talking about first responders and that sometimes they need to be really mindful of this. And they're particularly at risk, even if they don't have the disease of addiction, because they're exposed some, to some pretty horrific things. Mm-hmm. I don't actually have the study or the numbers in front of me, but it was it was something that was actually noted after Katrina right that there were quite a few first responders who ended up um, um, turning to substances to manage the stress that came from that, and from that ended up having quite a few people that ended up with um, full-blown addiction. Um, part of what I think is so so crucial with all of this is, and <laughs> I'm, I'm going blank as I'm saying it, um, the reality... I'm blank. Gone. Um, Even (laughs) even folks that are in good recovery um, can have some difficult times. And and one of the things that we talked about before coming here um, today was was the fact that some of the folks following Katrina relapsed and just continued to struggle for a long time because of additional stressors. Mm So the place that I just could not get to just a second ago was when when you mentioned that PTSD is a very common um, illness that people experience after these kind of events. People hear those initials, and it becomes a term that just gets thrown around, and and people don't necessarily really know what that is or what it means. And and PTSD is a very serious psychiatric issue that's characterized by an inability to relax, by hypervigilance, where they're constantly aware of everything that's going on around them. Sudden noises will cause them to go into a panic place. They typically aren't able to go into a full restful sleep because of of the anxiety of what's going to happen if I actually close my eyes for too long. So these people can get into a psychiatric emergency really quite quickly if it's minimized and not taken seriously. Well, and and in talking about first um, first responders, I was thinking about in in this particular um, tragedy is we have we have a lot of police officers and fire people that are trained to do this type of work, but there's also I think they said that there was were probably like 600 people with their own boats going in and helping in the rescue and the search and rescue those people who aren't professionally trained for this and and trained at seeing some of this stuff they 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 may end up having some severe 
PTSD after this exactly. that they did not have before. That they did not have before. And they may not think about it, and they may not have access, as many firefighters, many um, um Patrol officers, um, many sheriff's departments, police officers, they have people that they are working with that are aware of the risks and the symptoms, and they have access to help. They have counselors, they have helplines, they have employee assistance programs. But and they have their don't. own language to deal with it. Right. They have. They have. You know. They're able to talk with each other. And as you talked about earlier, the power of being able to talk. They're able to. Um, and they've established that to be able to just through their own jaunter be able to mm-hmm. pr- process it. Mm-hmm. These people who are going in with their own boats and seeing sites that they were never prepared to see don't necessarily have anybody they can express that to. Right. right. And and we're not. You know, we're not at all saying that every person that's that's help being helpful is going to have this happen, but there's going to be a, a, a good majority of those people that are going to possibly have problems that they didn't mm-hmm. foresee. Children are particularly vulnerable. Uh, children who are not directly evol- involved in the disaster but are exposed to all of the disaster coverage on the news makes them very fearful about storms, makes them have nightmares and um, separation anxiety. Children that have actually been exposed to this are also highly at risk now. They will, they will have some struggles, and they will need to find a language and ability to talk about it. And this is sometimes... Sometimes families don't want to talk about it because they think bringing it up is going to make the child feel anxious or make the child have bad thoughts but it's really very important and that having that dialogue among the family checking in with everybody how is everybody doing is another way that you can cope with what's going on and one of the ways that you can minimize the impact that this kind of disaster might have. We keep talking about talking, so keep talking. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, Talking is really critical. It's also very important that we realize the risk of suicide goes up tremendously after a situation like this. People have lost sometimes everything, their homes, their livelihoods, their loved ones. And that kind of overwhelming situation is really serious. And I think all of us could understand how at times the thought of I can't do this or why should I keep going on. Suicide is a really important thing to think about. If someone's talking about it, it's important that you listen and it's important that you get them some help. I'm going to give you the suicide prevention hotline. This isn't just for disasters. This is for any time, 24-7. 278 excuse me, 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255. It's a 24-hour toll-free confidential suicide prevention hotline that's available to anyone in a suicidal crisis or emotional distress. And your call can be routed to the nearest crisis center in a nationwide network of more than 150 crisis centers. So if this becomes um, a fear or a reality, 
that someone is having these thoughts, please take it seriously. Please, if they can't reach out, reach out for them because this is a serious thing. And unfortunately, we're also entering the time of year when suicides go up on a good day. And in this kind of um, situation, it's a real risk. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I just keep coming back to some of the images that I've seen on the news and, and where these, you know, burly guys that um, are, are, you know, saying that they can't find their father or they can't find their mother or they, you know, they don't know where they are. And, you know, they're just they're just in the state of shock, you know. Um, and and it's it's so sad to see it, but but you just you know that there's a lot of help out there for them, and they just have to you know pull through it. And I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering what can they do. You can donate blood. The Red Cross always needs blood during these kinds of disasters. You can donate old clothes. You can donate canned goods. You can donate water. You can donate money to uh, local charities or nationwide charities. You can check and see if there is a need for volunteers. Uh, One of the things they learned in in Katrina as well, though, is people jumping in their cars, driving down to help, as well-meaning as that seems on the surface, ended up adding to some of the confusion yes. and the chaos. So that well, might be and our... And certainly point. after Katrina, the coordinated volunteers to go down there and help with rebuilding houses and to help with the cleanup was crucial for yes. several years and it's it's going to be the same thing with this that there's right. going to be a need for for volunteer labor for a long time and the the truth is when you're doing something to give back you're healing your brain and you're healing your life so that oper- that giving money is one thing but also if you have the ability to get out and do some some volunteer work it's amazingly beneficial So prayers for everyone, and we will see you next week on Detailing Addiction. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.